Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, coming at you on September 15th, 2021. This is a Wednesday. Uh, didn't say the day at the top. Today we're reviewing the Netflix originally released film Kate, starring Woody Harrelson and um, the main girl whose name is escaping me. This is terrible. Mary conversion. Elizabeth Winstead. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Miku Martino. Woody Harrelson. Miyavi. Those are the four, four first people on uh, Google for the cast. Um, Netflix original film, as we as I mentioned, it is a... Uh, a thriller slash adventure slash gorier film than I could have ever expected. Um, we're going to break that film down. We're going to talk about that. Give it our patent pending movie scale. Before mm. that, we're going to touch on a new Marvel trailer. It is not a film. It's a trailer for Hawkeye releasing this holiday season in November. First trailer for that. We got our first little taste of what it's going to be like. So we, we have some thoughts. It might not be deep Spider-Man thoughts, but we definitely have some thoughts. So we're going to touch on that. I can't wait. Let's get into it. I don't feel so good. Smash! Hey, look up. You can put it on the board. Yes! All right, Ty. Everyone's favorite superhero, favorite Avenger, um, the best member of the Avengers, the best member of the MCU, um, best superpowers, strongest, will never lose in a fight, Hawkeye. Mm -hmm. He's getting his own TV show, buddy. Are you just like a Age of Ultron stan? because <laughs> he's he's definitely the star of that one um no no i just think hawkeye doesn't look he was even the opening scene in uh what was it endgame yeah he was the opening scene in he was you know hawkeye ignoring the fact he was place. left out of the entire other movie <laughs> he's got a special place man um hey there might be some hawkeye stands out there i don't know hawkeye's never been my uh, favorite um you know i always thought his his powers were 
I don't know. It just didn't really make a lot of sense to me. The whole, we talked about it, I think last episode, the whole shot in 18 on 18 holes or whatever episode. I think it was a Vacation Friends episode, which is just ridiculous because you wouldn't have the, the strength to drive a par five. But that's that's besides the point. Um, we've been knowing for a while now <laughs> that he's getting his own TV series on Disney Plus following the lines of Loki, uh, Scarlet, not Scarlet Witch, WandaVision, and uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And we got our first yep. trailer for it. Ty, what was your immediate takeaways from this trailer? I'm very excited for uh, Haley Steinfeld to be in the MCU. Okay, what you you a Haley Steinfeld stand? She, she's Steinfeld. fucking fantastic, Steinfeld. and she's like very funny, and they seem like they have good chemistry on screen, just in that short trailer. And I feel like this is gonna be very funny and entertaining. Is she the one that's married to Justin Bieber? Nope. Who's the one that's married to Justin Bieber? Baldwin. It's um, the Baldwin daughter. Yeah, and I, I believe Haley Baldwin. She I do this first name right. No, it's is it? It's Justin Bieber wife. Is it Haley Baldwin? Haley Bieber. Oh yeah, so Haley Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get them confused cuz Steinfeld or Stein I think it's Steinfeld. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. It sounds like Seinfeld and then Seinfeld is a famous old guy and Alec Baldwin's a famous old guy and they have the same first name, so I just get confused. It happens all the time. But um they're just famous old guys. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I can't, I can't say I'm necessarily like a, a Haley Steinfeld stan. I don't want to say you're a stan either, but like, I haven't seen much of the stuff she's in. I haven't seen Pitch Perfect, any of the Pitch Perfects, but I, which I didn't even know she was in. I have, excuse me, have seen Bumblebee. She was pretty good in that. I'll give her credit for that. Um, whoa. Edge of 17. Fantastic film. Did you know, this is completely off uh, topic, that they're bringing a Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse sequel? Yeah. That's supposed to release in October 7th, 2022? Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm excited for that right now. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, they, they had a post credit scene in the first one. Wasn't it just a joke where they saw the other Spider-Man? No, it was... Um, oh, what's the fucking actor's name? We were just talking about him. I don't fucking know. Oh, that's, that's going to piss me off. Uno Momento, he's going to be in Dune. He was in Star Wars. Oh, the um, guy who plays Finn in Star Wars. Yeah, he's he's Oscar Isaac. Yeah, they cast him as like a different Spider-Man just for the post-credit scene to set up the the sequel. Shit. Yeah, I obviously don't even remember that. Um, she's obviously in that film, the first one. She's what Gwen Stacy, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, um, she's the the Spider Girl. So you know, I've obviously seen that. Florence Pugh is also going to be in this. Um, we saw at the end of you know spoilers, Black Widow, the end credit scene where the Julie. Louis Dreyfus's character. I could get her name wrong every time. Um, no, you nailed it that time. Gets to, well, the character. I don't know her character's name. Um, she interacts with Florence Pugh, and, you know, Florence Pugh sees the picture of Clint Barton, and she tells him, you know, that's who killed your sister, because that's obviously what happened in Endgame. And I guess technically he did kind of kill her sister a little bit. Um, her, but it is what it is. I mean, not really. It was kind of a sacrifice. But so she's obviously going to be in this, chasing them in some, you know, regard, doing whatever. She wasn't, unless I missed something in the trailer, really. Um, no, I didn't see her at all. So she will be a part of this. She was fantastic in Black Widow, so I'm excited for that. But overall, the trailer, I will say, like, it seemed a little corny for Marvel standards. And I don't know if that's just because there was the whole holiday music and it was kind of spun as, like, a holiday film. Um, it did seem a little corny to me. Now, I'll counter with... How serious are you going to be with a dude who shoots a bow and arrow? <laughs> That's a good point. And I'm sure there will be serious, you know, heartwarming scenes and stuff. I just, 
I, I'm a little, I don't, not optimistic. I'm a little, uh, not pessimistic either. I'm a little cautious in expecting too much. Just because, you know, if this goes along the lines of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which we, you and I both agreed was the worst of the initial three, I'm just going to call yeah. – I'm going to group these together. Those are like phase one of the TV shows. I'm creating that Bingo. Know, that term myself. Um, and this is going to kickstart phase two of the shows alongside She-Hulk and all that. Um, you know, I just – that was obviously the worst one. Loki was, you know, more fantasy, you know, with the TVA and everything. And same with uh, WandaVision, you know, fantasy creating her own reality and everything. It's just – I, I – well, Falcon and Winter Soldier was still good when you are so grounded in reality. I don't know if it affects these kind of superhero TV shows where they're supposed to be outlandish and whatnot. But I don't know. I could be proven wrong. Again, I'm not a big Hawkeye guy. He just shoots a fucking bow and arrow, like you said. So maybe it is the right thing to just go complete comedic kind of corny route. But I don't know, man. And then Kate Bishop is just a fucking badass for no reason. Like Hawkeye is supposed to be like the greatest archer in the world. And people argue about him versus Legolas from Lord of the Rings. And then Kate Bishop shows up and she seems even better. So I don't know what to think anymore. I mean, she said in the trailer, some people call her the greatest archer in the world. But some people were just herself. Correct. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I think that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier show was a, an attempt at something more serious and grounded. And I think while it hit on maybe some social issues and stuff like that, and like that was a successful um, part of that story, I think the narrative of it kind of, it was boring. Yeah. Um, And whereas this, just from the the music, just from um, the tone that we're getting in the comedy, I think it's going to be a lot more lighthearted, more of like a buddy cop action comedy. With these two and, and Clint Barton as the straight man and the Kate Bishop as the immature kind of cracking jokes kind of thing. Always one up and um, and he gets mad about it. They're totally going to do that a lot. <laughs> a million percent, yeah. And so I don't think it's going to be similar to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I, I don't think you should expect incredible storytelling. Um, I think it's just going to be a fun series. It's, it's a fun watch. Um, I, I think it's going to be very comedic driven um obviously Florence Pugh is going to be in it and that'll be good to see you know how she's integrated in if she's the main villain if she flips halfway through and there's another villain um because obviously like she's not a villain she's a good person who's being misled yeah um but I think for the most part it's just going to be a fun light-hearted kind of story is what I'm getting out of it now two things um one we have established on this podcast and many people have we're not it's not an original thought that the shows while it's not their main purpose one of the purposes of the shows thus far has been to set up that young avengers which is not going to be anytime soon i mean depending on what your definition of anytime soon is but you know that is eventually going to either take over or be an integral part whatever the case is they are laying the seeds they did it in falcon and the winter soldier with uh, isaac bradley or his son which one i don't remember which one was the old one um they did it with that and the and the lieutenant guy who's yeah, going to be the next falcon the new falcon uh they did it in wandavision with the two kids loki's a little bit harder to you know it's not as clean but you could still make the case for the young loki because we never all the other lokis die in that you know uh the void or whatever it was called except that young loki we don't see him die so he very well could come back i could definitely see him being like so they usually show the first like two or three episodes um you know to the critics he's gonna be like that third episode end of the episode like surprise like young loki's still here um in season two of loki that's my prediction now um like that so they're obviously gonna set up kate bishop in that same regard 
So just how they set that up and how they kind of weave her into kind of the storyline without weaving her too much. Because this is a character where it's more they can kind of they could really put her in right away if they wanted to. Whereas like Wanda's kids obviously ended WandaVision, you know, not existing. Um, we didn't really see <laughs> the new Falcon. We know he has the technology and he could kind of come in right away, but we didn't really like see it yet. Um, you know, the Isaac Bradley, his son, that character, you know, he's got to get a little bit older. So this is someone who could instantly kind of go into it. So uh, that'll be interesting. And maybe it's a case of, I, I mean, I don't expect this to be the more likely route, but maybe she goes on the evil side on the Dark Avengers that we're predicting will happen and eventually turns good again. But, you know, kind of the whole abomination, which, Ty, I just thought of something right now. Oh, talk so to me. the whole point of the Dark Avengers, which we think is going to happen, it's supposed to kind of be like the bad versions of each, you know, character they have, correct? Like you have Abomination, potentially. You have uh, the bad Captain America, you know, all these things, right? Scarlet Witch, potentially. What if Wong is like the evil version of Doctor Strange in that Dark Wong's Avengers? a good guy. I'm not buying it. <laughs> I know. I know you're not You're not buying the Wong heel turn. Um, I'm tired of the Wong slander. So they could do that as well. So um, that'll be interesting. The second thing is, which this is, I feel like, <laughs> inevitable, is how do they get the classic comic book Hawkeye uh, outfit onto Clint Barton in this show, Ty? Do you have any predictions? Hmm. Um, well, I will say that there was teases of a Steve Rogers musical, yep, yep. um, in this trailer and you saw a, a slight shot of it. Um, I don't know what Hawkeye looks like in that musical, but whoever's playing Hawkeye in the musical million percent, is going to be some sort of comic book kind of, I love that because his comic book one, at least the one that's on, uh, on his, I am on his Wikipedia for a uh, 2004 edition. It's the purple kind of face mask that's pointed out like the pointy eyes yeah um so they're 100 percent gonna do that because they've done that with they, they did that with loki they did that with uh the scarlet witch and vision on the halloween episode they did it yep. you know and um and even some of the older versions he's just wearing purple with like the purple kind of teenage mutant ninja turtle style band um the really old one oh. is like purple with blue pants and then yeah the pointed eyes that's the one they should go with that would be really uh that would be funny they should you're that's yeah. a good call ty i think you're absolutely correct on that I feel like that one's a good one. Um, just going back to the Young Avengers thing that you were talking about, I, I, I feel like with the other shows, it, it was definitely a part of it. Um, but it was all subplots, whereas yes. this show feels like it is the main purpose of this show to set up Kate Bishop. Yeah. Um, it, you know, the other ones, like it was happening in the background or as a side character or later in the series. This one, it's it's we're going to be introduced to her right away. And she's a very big name actress to where like people know her. She has a following and she's a star. So this seems like she's going to be probably one of the original young Avengers that we get like right away. Like you were saying mm -hmm. as the other ones kind of trickle in to build up that team. Yeah. And maybe, like I said, maybe that to get her involved right away could be very well. Florence Pugh kind of maybe manipulates her and she kind of joins this quote unquote dark Avengers and eventually turns, um, but that that could be a way that they utilize her as well. Um, the Steve Rogers musical, I really hope they uh, they Lin Manuel Miranda maybe do some ghost writing, um, do like a rap song, just kind of rip off Hamilton. That would be funny. I mean, the the poster was the yellow color like Hamilton's background. Yeah, it was. That's why that's what got like gave me the idea. Is it was very Hamilton rip off esque. So yeah, the, the 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 black outline of the person with the fucking yellow background. Yeah, I'm all for it. And even the I set. Hope Ran I hope Lin Manuel Miranda shows up with like a Tony Stark mustache. Oh and is my in the god, Lin Manuel Miranda can be Tony Stark. 
That's a great he call. Could play the, he could play the Broadway Tony Stark. That is a great call. And we look right now. So I'm looking on Google Images, and it's a, an image of the Hawkeye trailer. Uh, or of the Hawkeye trailer, the Steve Rogers musical, you can actually see Hawkeye in the background, and he is wearing some purple. He doesn't have an eye thing on though, but they could easily add that, you know. Um, Maybe it's like a like a prop he throws off mid performance. Yeah, and but the set, I mean, it's not perfect, but it does have like the dark hues of Hamilton. Um, that would just be great. It's not going to happen. This is like one of those pipe dreams where if we were in charge of Marvel, maybe we could bring it on the board and they would do it. But it would just be so hilarious if Lynn did show up as Tony Stark um, and just spit like a quick-ass bar. Like, Pam, you know, 100K, whatever. Because um, he does look kind of like Tony Stark. <laughs> he could, he, It could work. You can make it work for sure. There's a, there is a reality tie where Hamilton takes off a decade earlier and we got Lin-Manuel Miranda as Tony Stark instead of Robert Downey Jr. He, they and the MCU like and the MCU flops. <laughs> they they, they kind of look alike. Why do you say they flop? You don't like Lin? Yeah, I love him. He's best, but he's a terrible Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> he does. They do look alike. Um, yeah, Hawkeye. I'm interested. I'm not super excited. I will stake my claim here. Um, I don't know why, but I take it as a source of pride that I was most excited for Loki, and it was the best. Um, show of the first kind of wave um not that that even matters but the one i'm most excited for i've said it before it is she hulk i'm hoping that's the best i know you you're excited for moon knight um so we'll see how hawkeye is yeah i i will say i'm excited for moon knight but i'm also hesitant just because it seems like while moon knight the character um seems a little batshit and it will be funny it'll probably be a very grounded serious story as well Mm -hmm. and um first one not so good so I'm hoping they do it right. Yeah, for sure. Um, Hawkeye, else? Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, She-Hulk is kind of our next wave until we get the next kind of random little break with Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, kind of like no, what Secret it Invasion is. Secret Invasion as well. Secret Invasion 2022. Um, yeah, that's probably before Guardians then if that's a Christmas special. Just on Wikipedia, it has Secret Invasion before Guardians, which of course isn't set in stone. I will point out, so... Um, episodes it says hawkeye is six so it's following suit the um falcon and the winter soldier um all the other ones are six as well except she hulk is 10 that's interesting oh that is i i don't know how i feel about that maybe they... obviously some of these have to be broken up and more like tv show type things yeah. and i could see them if they do 10 doing like a season two of she hulk yeah um, it's got that's be, interesting though it, it's got to be and it doesn't have to be but i'm i'm saying it's got to be it's got to be the case of wandavision where something splits these episodes up where wandavision was able to do 10 episodes because they had the 50s episode the 60s episode the 70s episode you know what i mean when in reality mm-hmm. like if we really think about it they probably could have blended those first like four or five episodes into like two longer episodes but they intentionally split it up so they could do each episode as a decade like that was the point for them to be standalone not together and be a little bit shorter i mean they released yeah. episode one and two together that could have been one episode it really could have um i'm guessing there has to be some similar she hulk divide where they're obviously not going to do this decades thing that was so unique to wandavision but you know i don't know if it's like each ep- smaller episode is like a certain Hulk fight, if it's a certain this, a certain that. Like, I just don't see it being like these other series where it's just kind of like six episodes that kind of weave in together. I feel like there's going to be more of a divide, at least between the early episodes. How they do that, I have no fucking idea. 
Yeah, and it depends. So, like, obviously you look back, WandaVision, kind of its own unique thing, and they broke it up that way. Falcon, the Winter Soldier, and Loki were basically movies that they split up into episodes. Yeah. Um, and so that makes sense for the shorter amount of episodes, but longer runtime. Uh, what if is broken up, you know, individual stories. So it makes sense for there to be more of those. Um, so it depends on if they try to make it. That tells me that She-Hulk isn't like a movie. It's going to yeah. be more like a TV show, um, kind of like Netflix Daredevil vibes, because I believe the She-Hulk character is a lawyer. Yeah. So, um, um According to Wikipedia, uh, Kevin Feige has described the series as a half-hour legal comedy. Yeah, so that tells me it's going to be less along the lines of a cinematic, um, you know, movie splitting up into pieces, as opposed to this episode. She's got this case she's working, and her alter ego helps her solve this case. And next episode, it's a different legal case, and yeah. that kind of shit breaking it up, which really lends to multiple seasons um, if it's good and successful. Yeah, so what is like a legal? Because there is what was there was a legal show with uh, wasn't it Camille Nanjani? I know I butchered his name. Wasn't he in one of those shows? Or am I making that up? No, yeah, no. I, I mean that's where I was introduced to him. Um, it, it, I I want to say Key and Peel, but it was a different. It's the two last names of the lawyers. It's um, my mom used to watch it. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. So maybe it's something like that. Camille Nanji. I don't know how to spell his name. I know the other Female. actor too, and I can't think of his name. Like the main guy of that TV show, Franklin and Bash. Yeah, Franklin and Bash. So maybe it's like a Franklin and Bash esque kind of show. Um, Fantastic show, by the way. I've <laughs> never seen it. Um, oh, he's not even Franklin or Bash. No, yeah, he's a side character in that. Oh, I thought I didn't it, realize that. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's just like one of their friends in the show, if I'm not mistaken. All right, well, speaking of Kate uh, Kate Bishop, I should say, in Hawkeye, we got to talk about the film Kate on Netflix. First, mm. we're going to take a quick break. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast. Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. All right, Jay. Slipped a fatal poison on her final job. A ruthless Tokyo assassin has less than 24 hours to find out who ordered the hit and exact revenge. So... I just thought of this literally right this second. Um, we're lucky the Hawkeye trailer was out because before we recorded, we said it was going to be a little bit of a shorter episode if we just did the movie. We didn't think of a mm-hmm. list. Um, perfect list idea. We're not going to do it. Would have been five things to do if you only had 24 hours to live. That would have been perfect. Yeah, that's a that's a miss by us. Um, we didn't know what to do. Um, I was trying to think of things associated with the name. And the name Kate doesn't lend itself to very many lists. But that was a small brain thought and a big brain thought, 24 hours to live. What is 
you know, we don't have to do the full list, but do you have a one of one that just jumps off in your head right now? Because um, I can't really think of anything. Yeah, it just it kind of it depends on if you want to go like the GTA route and just say fuck it and like break laws and do whatever, or if you just want to be like experiencing. I would, I would max out some credit cards. <laughs> yeah, and then your family can just pay for them. You asshole. I'm yeah, that's, that's not me. <laughs> um, I didn't know much about this film heading into it. I, you know, we kind of were on a scramble this week. Um, you know, we have a schedule outlined until December, I would say, that Tyler has worked on uh, gracefully. We didn't have great options this week. But you know what, Kate? Netflix original movie didn't have to go to the theaters. And I will say, while it wasn't a fantastic film by any means, it was a pleasant surprise, in my opinion. Yeah, I, uh... I wasn't really looking forward to it, looking at, like, the Rotten Tomato reviews. Yeah. Um, but I will say I had a better time than what those are kind of... Leading I, I don't, to believe. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I feel like that's a little mean. Yeah, probably, but... Now, I'm not going to say that it's an Oscar-worthy movie. I'm not going to say it's incredible, Hand up. Not a great score from me. Me neither. <laughs> but it was a fun watch. I was fine with it. It wasn't like a chore to get through. It had some. It had some stuff that was worth watching it for. There was some remem- like memorable scenes. Now I have to put you on the spot here um, before we jump into our review of this movie. Um, do you know what we're reviewing next week? Do you have? I, I can't find our schedule. Yeah, Jay. I know what we're reviewing for the next few weeks. Actually, next week um, was the week I really didn't know what the fuck to review. Oh. I currently have a cop shop. Um, it's a theater released with our our boy from Law Abiding Citizen. Okay. Um, is this um, in a in a Word doc? It's it's a sheet. It's shared. It's shared with two of your emails and the Within the Lines email. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll hop it on is, the Within the Lines email. Called Within the Lines podcast schedule. <laughs> I love how I have to share it with two of my emails. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I never know which one you're on. I got it. Okay. So, next so Cop Shop, not not really sure what to do there, because I honestly don't think I'll go to the theaters to watch that. And next week we have Dear Evan, Dear Evan Hansen. Great spelling, Ty. I was in a hurry, Jay. Sorry, I was fucking making a list all the way through December, okay? <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll look at it. Um, we'll, we'll know. We'll, we'll, we'll post it or something. We'll figure it out. Um, this movie, Kate, though, Ty... So it's a story of an assassin, like you alluded to, 24 hours to live. She's going for payback. Spoilers, of course, as always. Um, you know, she, and then it kind of – she's looking for this head honcho who poisoned her. Turns out it is the you know the brother of this guy she killed at the beginning of the movie that we saw. It was just like a random mission she did. And then she gets uh, connected with this girl who was with her dad when he got shot. And like it kind of gave her baggage because she said no kids. And she killed the dad with the kid present. And she was really fucked up by that because her parents died. Um yeah, and she gets intertwined with her, and then it's kind of like this, just a classic kind of, um, ah, I can't think of, like, just a, what is the word, assassin movie, where she kind of just works her way up the pillar, like, okay, we're going to get this guy, and then this guy leads me to this guy, and then I'm going to kill that guy, and he's going to lead me to this guy, and she gets all the way up, there's a twist at the end, which I honestly didn't expect, mostly because I didn't give the movie credit to even put any thought into a twist, because there wasn't a lot of thought into the plot, <laughs> if I'm being honest, that's kind of a and allude to my score. Um, well, I will say, I will say I was watching the movie and there wasn't enough Woody Harrelson early in the movie 
and she was going to the last like final fight scene to that guy mm-hmm. and there was like 40 minutes left and i was like oh this ain't the end of the movie he's a bad guy million percent yeah i didn't check the running time it felt like i was watching it forever and i also i had that thought like woody harrelson wasn't really in this movie but i thought that was just like they're gonna pay woody harrelson a million dollars to film for five minutes and you know get more people to watch it um mm. that's what i was expecting so maybe if i looked would have looked at the runtime would have thought about it a little bit more yeah you would have it would have became obvious that woody harrelson was going to kind of have this turn on her um yeah just a, it's an assassin movie that's really all i can say it's a it's a man on a mission but this time it's a woman on a mission <laughs> Um, she, she just, she, she's done wrong and she wants to fuck over everybody who done her wrong. And it's very, uh, gory was not expecting that. Um, literally knew nothing about this film going into it. Sometimes it's the best way to go into a film, but, um, a lot of pretty solid action scenes, a lot of gore. Um, they didn't hide from it. They didn't run from it. They kind of embraced it. And it was, you know, we've seen three films now in the last, you know, five to six episodes with Japanese, not, I don't want to say Japanese, Asian, um, influence on the fighting styles on not so much this one but the culture of the movies um and this was Wait like a minute, you said three three films this is the third with asian influence in a in the last five so to we six have, weeks oh okay i thought you're saying the last three weeks because we have kate which i'm like totally there shang chi totally there vacation <laughs> friends what the fuck no i'm thinking <laughs> uh, snake eyes um okay yes so like the third movie recently where we've kind of had this kind of you know asian influence kind of combat um this one was much different whereas even snake eyes where it was kind of more you know shang chi had its um you know sensational mcu elements but it was also very grounded in like kind of the hand-to-hand combat shang chi was a little bit more grounded but also kind of a little ridiculous which is weird to say about snake eyes compared to shang chi um i said i pronounced it wrong already twice i'm sorry um this one was grounded but gory as hell um and i appreciated it i'll say that (laughs) yeah well snake eyes was pg-13 huh uh i believe so yeah this is this is the r rating and yeah it is they used that r rating and it was it was probably my most enjoyable part of the movie yeah was that r rating aspect to it yeah for sure i agree um, because if they would have done just a PG-13, it would have been like Snake Eyes when it comes to just the action. Where, I mean, Snake Eyes got a 59.5 on our total score. Um, and maybe this would have been even lower than Snake Eyes because this at least, you know, Snake Eyes at least, I guess, had more story. I, I, I don't I don't really even know. We'll see how these compare when we do the scores. Um, but the R-rated, leaning into that definitely helps. It was kind of like, I've never seen this film. I'm just kind of guessing. Like Kill Bill. Have you ever oh, Kill Bill's a very good film, Jay. I, no, I just mean in terms of the goriness of like the action. Oh, I I mean, Kill Bill's a fantastic film. I don't think I think while well, same genre, very different movie. Okay, okay, yeah, I wasn't meaning to say that uh, these two films were on the same level because like I haven't seen Kill Bill, but I know it's a pretty pretty popular in the movie community. Um, plot slash story tie. I kind of touched on it. I was a little disappointed about it. Lacked a lot of substance. For 60% of the movie, 70% of the movie. Granted, there was a twist at the end, which gave it some substance, which, you know, is good. Um, but for way too long in the movie, it just felt like an assassin movie where she had 24 hours to live and she wanted to go on a killing spree, which is fine. They tried doing the, the plot with, you know, the, the young girl, and, you know, that was what it was, I guess. But 
the twist didn't save the plot. It happened way too late. Um, there just was no reason to kind of care other than just like, I'm going to turn my brain off and watch this, which is fine. I mean, the John Wick films, again, haven't seen them, but I'm, I'm assuming is a very similar presence where he goes on a killing spree and he kind of works his way up. I know those films have, you know, depth in plot and stuff to them because people fucking love them. Um, that being said, they did add a twist. They did try at the end. They added like this kind of not deeper meaning, but this deeper thing behind it. I gave it an eight out of 20. Yeah, I gave it a seven. Um, okay. It, it just, it, yeah, it was pretty surface level and they did have a twist, but like the twist, I mean, I saw it come in just based on like the runtime and stuff and I appreciated it, but then like they, they tried to add like the background and like me and you were talking beforehand, like, um, with the Varric character, um, and like, if he like just constantly is like replacing people or like the history with the Kate character and like they, they teased stuff but they never explained it yeah. which is like if you're gonna tease a background and like a history actually make the effort to make it clear what happened in the past as opposed to throwing those in and then leaving people still guessing when those were obviously thrown in as like informational type scenes well yeah there was the first flashback scene where you see like the young girl killing like a guy or trying to kill a guy and like they threw that in like the middle of the movie and i was like what the fuck even was that that doesn't look like kate and then you find out later, I think, again, didn't do a great job of explaining. I think that that was a flashback to a different girl killing Kate's parents, which then led to Woody Harrelson kind of recruiting Kate. Um, and oh, then, shit. What? I didn't even realize that. Exactly. They didn't like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't greatly explained. And then you kind of see the parallels where, you know, Kate kind of kills this whole family so he can recruit, you know, the young girl in this family. Um, but like, he didn't want her to be poisoned and die. Like it, it was just, it was, they tried and I saw the vision and it was almost kind of like a black widow esque kind of like building kind of an army, not so much an army, but like getting these like women assassins. They kind of stole that from black widow. Um, okay. <laughs> and using Kate to kind of get the next one without her knowing and kind of like that manipulation. I, I get what they were going for, but again, poorly executed, poorly explained. And you know, just yeah like they made it seem like that was varick's master plan to like do that but then it's explained that like people did shit without like that he didn't want so that couldn't have been his plan despite the fact that they're trying to make it seem like this is his cycle that he does and like oh he's he's got an understanding and like this is what he wants to happen and like this has happened multiple times but then it's like oh wait a minute his plan just went to shit this is nothing like what he wanted yeah yeah so, like, I, I don't know. It's a seven, which is one of the worst scores we've given in, in a while. I gave Reminiscence a seven. Oh, shit. Where is it? I gave it a ten. Okay. One of the worst scores I've given in a while. I also gave a Tomorrow War a four. <laughs> I know you like that movie a lot more than I did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck you, Jay. It was not. You gave it a four? <laughs> yeah. Give it a twelve. Um. Next up, visual slash cinematography. I actually just bumped this down one when I was comparing it to other scores I've given. I gave this a 15. What'd you give 15? it? 15? Yeah. I gave it a 17. Okay. I originally had a 16, but I bumped it down one just in comparison to my other scores. Uh, 16 was also uh, The Suicide Squad, Black Widow. I felt like it was a touch below that, so I gave it a 15. Explain your 17 score for me. I, what did... Oh, it was Snake Eyes. 
We were talking about in Snake Eyes. I'm a fucking sucker for Japanese fight scenes. Asian fight scenes. Well, I believe that one also was that was one Japan. not in Japan? I don't know. It was I just in know Tokyo. was uh, Chinese, so. No, yeah, I believe it was Loki. It was in Tokyo, and that's what I meant. Is like the bright, colorful lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the ridiculous, over-the-top, like colorful buildings and skyscrapers and action on those kind of shit. I love that. Mm-hmm. The ridiculous, fucking light-up, glow-in-the-dark car that she drove. Fucking love that. Yeah. Um, and so you have that setting for this movie, which I really enjoy. And then you put that together with very gory, very graphic violence um, that was actually choreographed fairly well. And, like, some of the fight scenes with, like, the camera and shit, like, how the camera tracks the fight and, like, it flips with, like, a character or one thing. Like, it was shot really nice. You know, I'm fine. I'll move it back to a 16. I shouldn't have changed it in the first place. Um, Nice. Yeah, the action scenes were, like, they were really good in this. Like you said, I was going to bring up the camera. You already brought it up. Just the whole, like, you know, she flips a character on his back onto a table and the camera kind of flips. There was a scene where I don't know if she threw something or she threw a guy, but then the camera kind of, like, followed it and kind of that frantic camera nature. I would say my favorite scene in the entire film was that fight in the dojo dojo that she had. Um, You know, it was all white and it was just kind of like this fight scene. And then that's where they had the scene where he grabs her hair. One of the guys grabs her hair and she fucking cuts his fingers off with some of her hair. Um you know, you got, like you said, it was what the pen, not the pencil, but the knife through the, what was it, through the chin, up the nose? Is that what it was? Or yeah, it was like nose, in or? like the bottom of his head, out the front of his face. Yeah, so, I mean, you got like the fight scene in the penthouse suite where the guy like took scissors into her arms and then it ends with just the young girl fucking bashing his skull in and you see like his revealed <laughs> gory skull. Um, <laughs> it was, they leaned into it and it was real, it was. It was quality. It was – I like it. I like when a film can get gory like this and do it in a way – I'm not a huge, like, gore guy. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be gore for me to love it. But if you're going to lean into it, lean into it. And they absolutely did. I mean, you look at, like, fucking Mortal Kombat, a movie that's all gore. And I almost felt like this one might have been more fucking gory than Mortal Kombat. Um, it, it was just – it was it was nice. I liked it. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, and, and, like, even with what you're saying, um, like, the uh, dojo scene where it's, like, they, they remove that color and it's an all-white dojo, you get the scene of, like, the door closed and just the bright red blood splatter on the door. Yeah. And then she opens it in the fight. Like, they find a way to throw in color even when it's removed. And it's not all one style. Like, there's the city fight, the dojo fight, the, the penthouse fight, like, yeah. There's different settings and they do everything very well. And there was the hand to hand fighting and then the final scenes just a whole bunch of fucking guns and shit. Like it, it was the action part of this movie was fantastic. I I had a I gave an audible oh shit when the young girl shot her when she was trying to shoot the other guy in the penthouse. <laughs> <laughs> like audible. I was it's like, fantastic. Um I I thought they were going to do and it would have been the third time in the movie and I was going to give it shit for it. They only did it twice. They didn't strike out three times. I thought that was going to be the third time someone clicks a gun and it's empty and it just goes click, click. Because they had done that twice before and I thought they were going for the trifecta. But two strikes, they were not out. But um, I was worried they were going to overuse that trope. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I'm not a gun expert, but like is that is that like – do action movies ignore that? But is that like an actual common problem that guns like jam a lot? I no idea. I thought it was just because they ran out of bullets. I didn't realize it was jammed. I think the one was jammed. I, I don't know. The one guy ran out of bullets. I think the gun was jammed one time. But I wonder if that's something that just, like, happens. And, like, that's, like, one of those things, like, as a car guy, 
when I see Vin Diesel do the burnout wheelie, I'm like, that can't happen, and that kind of bugs me. Why not? Um, fucking physics, Jay. <laughs> one's too much grip, one's not enough grip. How do they happen at the same time? I thought, like, when cars race, like, street racing, they do wheelies. Yeah, because they have a lot of grip, and the tires do not spin. They have so much grip, it lifts up the car. A burnout is the opposite when they don't have enough grip, and the tires spin. You know, I think the statute of limitations, statute of limitations, I believe is how you say it, has gone away. I just want to say, my dad told me stories where he was in the straight street racing scene, and he sat in the back of a few cars. That way they wouldn't lift up, or whatever it was, or the front, or whatever. He sat in cars to help with, like, the weight load in street races so not to brag maybe he sat in the back to put weight over the back tires for more grip so they wouldn't do a burnout probably something or he sat in the front i don't know where he sat i just know he sat in he didn't race himself but he was in a racing car to help with like the weight load or whatever distribution whatever the fuck it was fair but i'm just saying like shit like that i'm like i see that and i know there's a problem i wonder if there's gun experts who watch action movies and they just get annoyed like how none of his guns jammed yet yeah, that's a good point, and maybe they would appreciate a scene like that. It's kind of the same – like the only thing I could really compare that to is maybe baseball, like a sports movie for me where you can tell when a sports movie has no one you know, in the movie-making process that has an idea what sports are. Um, Correct. I don't know, but it's one Ooh, of those – on, on that note, on that note mm-hmm. there's a YouTube video breaking down Moneyball and like the scene where um, he like leaves the stadium because the A's have like a huge lead and the other team comes back. Yeah. When he comes back to the stadium, they almost blow it. That scene's fucked as shit. Really? Yeah. Like there's runners on second, and then there just isn't runners on second, and then like two runs score, but only one guy was on base. Editor fucked that scene up. Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I that's become such a movie trope <laughs> where guns don't jam that I feel like. Maybe gun guys just given up on caring. It's kind of like how people always miss their shot. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. bad guys always. Yeah, yeah, the bad guys never, never land a shot. We should make a movie. If I ever become a movie maker, which I'm not, we should just like shock the world and make a movie where like the bad guy just doesn't miss, and it's like a completely different movie than you think. It's kind of like we cast Channing Tatum and then he dies right away. Mm. Like you just have this opening action scene, like 20 minutes in this movie with like this main character that people like, and then he just gets shot first bullet. Like, we make it like the Suicide Squad, where we cast an A-lister cast. Yes. But then, like, the bad guys make all the shots, so we don't have to pay everyone, because they're just dying and dropping throughout the film. Now, how we figure out the plot after that, I have no idea, but that's okay, because it would it would legitimately I, shock people if a bad guy actually hit a shot. I will say, we could have written this movie, so I think we're okay. <laughs> you probably got I a point there. I can get a seven on a story. <laughs> you probably got a point there. Uh, key elements, Ty. Again... You talk about the visuals, you talk about the action, you talk about the goriness. That's what this film is. Key Elements is kind of the easiest category to get points. Um, I gave it a 17. Also gave it a 17. Okay, um, I'm right there with you. I, I think the story and the pacing kind of hurts the really good parts of this movie. Um, there's some slow scenes, there's some breaks that aren't great, and that kind of kills it. But when she is in an action scene, and there is fighting, and there is action, it's fucking great. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, some of the slow stuff and kind of breaking it up in the pacing kind of keeps it, holds it back from being a higher key element score than it could have been. Um, But I look at Snake Eyes, which I gave a 16, very similar combat styles. And this one just took it up a notch with, in terms of like realistic gore. That was another thing too, is the gore wasn't unrealistic. You know what I mean? Like, 
yeah, you know, stabbing someone through the nose or whatever. But, like, that's something that could actually physically happen, you know? Or, like, but all the time she just slashed the fucking neck and, like, the blood would go everywhere. Like, it wasn't – it was realistic gore, at least in my opinion. No, yeah, nothing was, like, over the top too much. Yeah. I really liked the old man slicing the young guy in the fucking stomach and then beheading him. That yeah. was fucking dope. <laughs> um, characters, Ty, what'd you give this? Mm, gave it a nine. I gave it a ten. Yeah, the characters felt lacking, um, I will say. Yeah, and this kind of... So, the girl, the main character, she was... Kate, girl? Yeah. I don't think okay. she was bad. I don't think she was a bad actress. I thought she was a badass. She played the badass the proper way. I don't put any blame on the actress when it comes to her. I put blame on the lack of a plot and a reason to really care about this girl who is dying soon and wants to get on her revenge tour. Like, they didn't give us any reason to care about her. And I think it was all in the writing and just kind of how they they developed the story. Um, She just was a you know, like a faceless assassin, which her face was very much in it. And they tried doing the whole element with the young girl and whatnot. Um, but you know, you could have cast again, while this girl didn't do anything to hurt the character, you could have cast really anyone to play this character. In my opinion, you know, anyone that has acting credentials, you know, I'm not going to go and play this character. Um, so (laughs) that kind of, you know, that leads it to be a mediocre score. I thought the, the younger girl, she was fine. She did add some comedic relief. I, I didn't have any problem with her. Um, Woody Harrelson was just kind of generic, bad, surface level, you know, shallow character. Um, Besides him, there wasn't really like a bad guy. None of these like quote unquote bosses, like if it's a video game, like mini bosses were really all that compelling. It was just kind of like vanilla and whatever, you know? Yeah, I think Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, like I like her. Um, Nothing but respect for uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world alum. Okay. Um, Who does she play in that film? She plays Ramona, the the love interest. Oh, okay. Didn't realize. Yeah, that was she's the. Same the girl. Yeah, it's all of her evil exes. Scott Pilgrim has to fight. Jay. Oh. Okay. Um, she's also Huntress in Birds of Prey. Um, oh, I like her. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's where I know her from. Okay. Yeah, I like her. I think she's a good actress. Um, I think she did as much as she could with this role. I'm with you. The younger girl, I think, was fine. Um, but then it comes down to, like, the Varric Woody Harrelson character where you're like, he, you know, he's just baseline. Like, the whole reason I knew there was going to be a flip is because there was none of him. There yeah. was no backstory <laughs> of him. And then you get to that point where you're like, oh, he hasn't really been in it. There's a lot of time left. He's going to end up being bad. Like, that's a fucking no-brainer. Because there was no character background to it. There was no growth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's sure. the main villain of the fucking movie. Yeah. I agree. Um, it was it was just sloppy writing. Well, I liked all you know. I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I like Woody Harrelson, the the younger actress. I I liked her and I liked you know what she did with that character, um, Miku Patricia Martineo. Mm-hmm. I think I nailed that. Um, I think it's probably like Martineo. I like, but continue. Probably. I liked them. They were all good, but the the characters, you know, they they were what they were. So I can't really give it a better score than what the writing allows i will say the ani character played by mika martineau um she seemed way younger in that first shot when she shot her dad than she did only 10 months later the rest of the film i don't know if i'm alone on that um but that's how i at least thought i thought she looked way older than she was in the first scene fair i didn't know how much time had passed 
10 months. I missed the 10 months later part. Um, I would agree with that. And I, you could make the case, you know, she lost her dad, so she kind of grew up really quickly in, in 10 months. But um, that's, like, too deep of thinking for this film. Um, Bingo. Characters <laughs> 10 and a 9. Enjoyment high, I gave this a 13 out of 20. Okay. I gave it a 13 out of 20 also. I forgot what I gave it. I had to go check. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, when I compare it to other movies, I mean, 13 uh, was – Snake Eyes? Jungle Cruise. Snake Eyes was 12. And there it is right there. That's why I did this. I kind of compared this movie a lot to Snake Eyes, which might not be the most fair thing in the world. Um, Yeah. But I enjoyed this a little bit more than Snake Eyes. And, you know, at the end of the day, while Snake Eyes had a plot, I still didn't really give a shit about it. It got plus one on the plot from this film. Um, The action was whatever. Henry Golding did all he could, but he wasn't, you know, still wasn't great. I got the same character score on both films. And this one was just snake eyes with more violence and more gore. (laughs) So it got plus one point. Yeah, I kind of looked at it with snake eyes and also another movie reviewed in Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. Um, Kind of a man on a mission kind of story there. Um, That one was executed a lot better. I gave it a better, you know, story score. I gave it a better, better character score. Um, same cinematography, same key elements, but that movie I gave a 15. This one I gave a 13. I enjoyed that one more. The story added more to it to where I enjoyed those violent scenes, you know? Yeah. Um, without remorse got the same snake- score as this. Sorry to interrupt. Just want to point that out for me. Oh, really? Overall score. Yeah. Oh, we got a way better score. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I gave it a 13, you know, one point better than snake eyes. I think it's similar on that level. My final score is a 63. And I, oh, I thought you were one higher than me. You're one lower than me. I gave it a 64. Okay. What'd you give for my horse? 64. Oh, shit. I gave it a 70, 73, 74. Without remorse, um, solid across the board. I still gave plot a nine. Um, I honestly don't recall that movie that much. That might be why. Oh, I think it was because wasn't the movie like. That's right. There was like the the beginning scene, and then there was like a mission, and then something happened where there's like a setup. Whatever happened, I just remember it was like confusing or whatever. And then I also gave uh, characters a low score because I remember not liking the characters. Um, yeah, a little bit lower. That's than this. fair. 64. I think I gave some acting love there, which is brutal for um, this film a sixty four, especially because you gave it a sixty three. I got I thought you gave it a sixty five, which still would have put it below the line of 65 to 79.5 literally right below the line tie yeah 64.5 is our cutoff it missed it by a point 63.5 so by definition we would have to rate this movie rotten i i agree both of us not like individually and collectively and and it's it sucks it's one of those it's right there you know it's not a bad movie it's not a great movie but it's lacking that little extra that a movie like I'm not going to say Cherry because you didn't like that as much as me. Maybe Jungle Cruise, which I gave a higher score than you, or like Space Jam, where it just barely ekes out into that. Godzilla versus Kong and Mortal Kombat, perfect examples. Those are bad movies, like bad, not well-made movies that are entertaining enough to get a fresh in our system. Um, it's just lacking that little bit extra that those films had. Those films both got a 66.5, which is fucking great. I love that those had the same score. I'm sure I said that before. This is a 63.5. <laughs> so it's a small difference, but it's a difference nonetheless. Yeah, those those are great baseline movies. I almost feel like we should bump our lineup to those films. Because um, those are the benchmark where you can be a bad movie and still be enjoyable. Whereas this 
is like a bad movie that needed a little bit more. I like where our line's at because the first fresh movie is Jungle Cruise, which probably feels fair. Okay. And Cherry's right below it, the prom. And Space Jam's also in there too, which I also think is fair. Okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah. So, and then you look at all the ones below it. Like, I mean, Cherry, I'm fine with giving that a rotten. The prom, I'm definitely, I'm wrong there. I'm absolutely wrong there. Um, 70. You gave that a 70. Can I, you know how you made a change? Can I change my score? <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you gotta figure out what to change. Mine was I easy. Gave, I said I probably gave it a 20 on, on no. um, enjoyment, which I later rescinded. I gave it an 18 on key elements because I was like, oh, it was a musical. I don't remember a single musical song from that film. So how much you taking off that? Um, I, I haven't rewatched it, so I, I can't give it a bad score. So I'm just going to give it a, a 12, my baseline score, which would bring it from a 70 minus 6 to a 64. Um, still probably a little high, but you know what? 70 was way too high, and I was, I'm disgusted that I gave it a 70. Um, so we're moving that down. It is now below Wonder Woman 1984. Um, that feels right. Yeah, Snake Eyes fifty nine point five. So you compare these three movies with kind of Asian, you know, um, influence that I mentioned. You have Snake Eyes fifty nine point five. You have this one sixty three point five, and then all the way up, you have Shang Chi ninth rated movie at eighty nine point five. What a fucking banger! Um, Just a great film. I will say this film reminded me of a, a worse version of that Nobody film that I told you to watch that I know you haven't watched yet. Um, that film is also very gory, and you know. Slightly better plot. I think uh, Odenkirk's better in that than this girl is in this one. Um, that got an 84 on Rotten Tomatoes, so that would confirm my suspicions. You still need to watch that movie, Ty. I do. Um, and it's on Voodoo. I bought it. Or Joe bought it. I almost want to make that next week's review because I'm not going to theaters to watch that other movie. Yeah, we can. I mean, I've already watched it, so... I just... I. I don't know what else we're going to do next week. I don't know what's coming out. September 17th, Cry Macho. Um, Cop Shop. Prisoners of Ghostland. The Nowhere Inn. The Duke. Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, that's the following week. That's, that's next week, Jay. Um, yeah, I don't know, brother. Well, you could do Cry Macho. I didn't know that was an HBO release. I... Cry Macho? It's a Clint Eastwood movie. I just, it's like the number one listed one. I didn't know we could watch it for free. It doesn't look good. Two hours. Do we really want to watch a, a Western movie? Oh. And he's so old. Everything's so unbelievable because like, I, he probably has a walker in between scenes. <laughs> um, we're going to have to figure it out, man, because I honestly don't want to watch that movie, but we might have to suck it up. I know you like to have the next movie ready and it hand up my one week until December that I didn't really figure it out. How about, uh, my little pony. Oh wait, no, that's next week. Goose. It's, on, it's a fucking, it's a thin week, Jay. Lady of the manor. What is what she said? Let's go to rotten tomatoes. Let's see what the top things on rotten tomatoes are going on right now. The stronghold. Um, Blue Bayou Cop Shop does have a 72%. Oh, I wish there was a freeway for us to watch this. We're watching Cop Shop. It's official. Gerard Butler. It's Gerard Butler, brother. Yeah, I, 
I wish there was a free way to watch that. And it's a it's a jail Gerard Butler movie, Ty. He is handcuffed in like the teaser on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, no, he is it is a jail um I'm I'm watching Cop Shop. Sorry, Ty, you're gonna have to uh go to the movies. I'm a little sick right now, so maybe I shouldn't go to the movies. I don't think I have COVID, but We'll go on a Tuesday morning for cheap. Hopefully it clears up. Yeah. I like that idea. We're watching Cop Shop. It's official. Okay. I work on Tuesday mornings. I can't do that. I'll figure it out. It's like <laughs> five bucks if you go matinee on a weekday. It doesn't have to be Tuesday. Um, that's a 72% Rotten Tomatoes tie. But can you tell me the Rotten Tomatoes score of the random Rotten Tomatoes movie guess? So we talked mm. about Hawkeye, right? Yep. And we talked yep. about Kate, the film. Yep. If you can somehow connect – if you can find this connection of Kate and Hawkeye, how they are connected into a random film, I might just count that as the right answer. I'm not going to, but I'll give you a hint for the score. If you could guess what movie this is, connecting Kate and um, Hawkeye. So my guess is it's a movie. I don't know the name of it, but it's like a movie about an archer that is also just – the title is just his name. Um. It's called maybe Arthur. No, Arthur's the sword. I don't know. Fire away, Jay. What is it? Uh, Robin Hood, a 2010 film starring Russell Crowe. And here's the Kate connection. Kate Blanchett. Got it. Okay. And it's about. I was going to say Robin Hood, but I thought it was something else. Um, um, this is not the animated. This is a 2010 uh, live action with Russell Crowe. I thought it was Gerard Butler in the picture. Um, 252 reviews. As always, 250,000 plus ratings. 252 reviews, PG-13, 2 hours and 19 minutes. What did it get on Rotten Tomatoes? I vaguely remember this film being not received well. Okay. Russell Crowe, Kate Blanchett, those are big names, though. So I feel like you're going to get the default, like, hey, I like these people. They did what they could. I'm going to give it a borderline fresh. We're going to rock a 44%. <laughs> 43 Oh, my God. If fucking Robin Hood was the first movie, I guessed right. I would have been a little upset, though, honestly. <laughs> Dude, you almost... The logic there was fucking perfect. Yeah, bad received movie, but, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> that was good. That's time. tragic. That was... I feel like, goodness. like, knowing my luck, like, yesterday a critic just finally went in and hit a rotten review for it, like, ten years later, and it dropped it from 44. Um... May 19th, 2021, someone put it rotten. So, about a few months ago. And it was Arm and White. getting fucking Just close, kidding. though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking nail one of these. I'm gonna nail this eventually. And then it's done forever. <laughs> Once you hit it, it's now, done forever. I wonder if I should keep jumping around the board, or if I should just lock in on a number and guess that number every week. No, that's no fun. <laughs> um, I just want to update... Eventually, I would hit. I, I know this was supposed to be the last thing in the pod, but I one last update. Sorry. Um, the review is in Armin White, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, rotten. And I quote, yeah, Shang-Chi pilfers from already familiar and much more original and artistic Chinese martial arts genre movies, reducing them to the level of Marvel junk. Got it. 89.5 on our scale. Fuck Armin White. Listen to us. Yes. That's all there is. The guy's a clown. I agree. Oh, uh, 
sorry, la- last last thing. Um, the the title of his article is Marvel's Shang Chi: Crouching Cinema Hidden Agenda. I mean, for a clown, that's probably that's like quality work out of him, though. For his brand, that's a good title. <laughs> you respect the troll title. I do. Like, I don't like what he's saying, but I respect the troll effort. Um, and then the sub, like the first uh, heading, it's anti-Western formula will favor in China. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's it's not being released in China. <laughs> so good try, Armin. All right, that's all I got for you, Ty. Yeah. Um, next week, cop shop. Go to the theaters. Show our show our law-abiding citizen star some love. Yep. Um. Old prediction: This movie makes less than fifteen million opening weekend. I agree. And we're going to be a part of that, though. We're going to try and pump those numbers up. Absolutely. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.